1: Kyle Krabs here host of locked on NFL scouting join Joe Marino and me
0: every day as we provide position by position analysis of the upcoming NFL draft check out the locked on NFL scouting podcast with the draft dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts
2: Sean Payton's comments during Super Bowl week shine a dark light on Ron Rivera's tenure in Washington and signal that his time may be running out with the franchise that story and more on this mock draft Monday episode of Locked On Commanders,
1: your daily podcast on the Washington Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
2: Welcome, Commanders fans, to the Locked On Commanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. We are your daily podcast covering the Washington Commanders. We're free and available on all platforms including YouTube and the WUSA 9 Plus app for your Roku or your Amazon Fire Stick. And we thank you for making us your first listen or your first view of the day. I'm David Harrison. My co-host is Chris DeRooster-Russell, both of us credential members of the media covering your commanders. Chris is doing it for Team 980, where he and Pete Methurst are live, 9 a.m. to noon Eastern, Monday through Friday, or anytime on the Odyssey app. And Chris is doing it in writing for the Command Post, a subscription-based publication. You can find me writing about the Commanders for Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation at commanderscountry.com.
0: All right, David, this podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional therapy done securely online, available to people worldwide. And they have a special offer for our listeners here at LOC. Get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash locked on. All right, coming up, we're going to tell you who the Commanders are mocked to take in another three round draft uh, from USA Today, plus work in a fan mock draft as part of uh, Mock Draft Monday. But first, now we know where all those Sean Payton and Commanders speculation and rumors were coming from, don't we? Um, Sean Payton was a guest of Adam Shine, time to shine, on Sirius XM's Mad Dog Radio on Friday at the Super Bowl. The new Denver Broncos head coach. And David, I think as we speculated, certainly when it came to Colin Cowherd's speculation, that those rumors kind of came from Sean Payton. Mm -hmm. Well, now we kind of know. As you wrote about in Commander Country, uh, again, uh, check it out at... uh, at CommanderCountry.com, part of SI.coms and, uh, and Fan Nation, um, and you kind of detailed it. Peyton said basically, look, quote, when asked, everything's everyone's waiting to see what happens in Washington, and there was some interest from some potential ownership groups that are going to be bidding on or that currently have bid on the team that were getting ahead of the game saying, hey, if we get awarded this team, would you? And so Sean Payton basically is saying, yeah, I, I I had interest or people had interest in me. David, yeah. again, I, I guess this solves where all this smoke was coming from, not... Again, I, I thought with the Colin Cowherd stuff, it was definitely coming from Sean Payton. We talked about that. I, I can't remember if you did as well. I, I wasn't sure with the Rex Ryan stuff. I didn't know if that was just Rex trying to connect the yeah. dots, but now we pretty much know where that was coming from.
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, it's 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 the thing that I always kind of try to remind people of is most of this stuff, like most of these guys, if they make if they're making something, like this is just me speculating. They usually say that, right? Most of these guys don't just make something up and then try to pass it off as a story or like an inside source or something like that. And, and you know, um, yeah, I mean, it, it's it's a viable option. We've talked about, uh, we've talked about in the earlier part of the off season with the whole ownership change uh, looming that we expect to happen this off season. You know, when you have an organization that has this much kind of a, or this big of a dark cloud, as Ron Rivera has has described it. Hanging over it's not unreasonable to think that a new owner or a new ownership group is going to want to come in and bring in their own staff their own guy and almost and kind of cut out everybody, at least from a forward facing uh, position that has been attached to this organization during this tumultuous time, even if they're not necessarily responsible for the drama, you know what I mean, like Ron Rivera certainly hasn't caused any drama. Uh, you know, since he's been here, at least not from a scandal standpoint. I know like, right. some people don't like his decision making and I get Carson Wentz, and all that, but I'm just saying like what's tarnished the Washington good name in the National Football League circles has not been caused by Ron Rivera or even Jason, uh, Jason Wright. You know, again, some missteps, some mistakes here and there, granted, but all those things get magnified a thousand times because everything else that's carried along with it. So could a new ownership group want a new coach? Absolutely. Why not? You know what I mean? And are they going to go after one? that has a winning track record, I mean, why wouldn't you? You know what I'm saying? So so it all it all it really makes sense. I think that the interesting thing part that I didn't write about, and, and I kind of just want to throw this out there, because it is pure speculation, so here's what I'm talking about. This is mm-hmm. my pure speculation. Mm-hmm. My my wonderment on Lockdown Bucks about Tom Brady's future, uh, I'll tell you right now, and James Jarko, my co-host there, hasn't really liked me talking about this this offseason up until Tom retired, was that Sean Payton and Tom Brady tried to play together twice. Mm-hmm. They, tr- you know, Tom was going to go to New Orleans. If Drew retired, Drew didn't retire. So Tom went to Tampa. The Bucks are very happy. Uh, and then Miami lost their first round draft pick for tampering with Tom Brady while he was still under contract with the Buccaneers. And we found out that they were trying to bring Sean Payton into Miami. Also bring Tom Brady into Miami. Then I'm getting Mike McDaniel instead. Uh, they have two at Tonga Wailoa. Obviously, they're going to move forward with that partnership uh, as it stands. But here's the other thing to think about, Chris. And I don't know if a lot of people remember this part of the story. Tom wasn't just going to play for Miami. Tom wanted to buy a minority stake of Miami. Mm -hmm. So Sean Payton is looking to come into Washington. If Tom and Sean want to play together again, like I speculated on locked on bucks, is it possible Tom Brady was also looking to maybe come to Washington? If this deal goes down soon enough, I think it's certainly feasible. And is it possible that Tom Brady is actually part of an ownership group trying to buy the Washington Because I'll tell you this. If Tom was trying to basically take the plan with Miami from last offseason and transfer it over to Washington this offseason, there's nothing that says he can't still be an interested buyer in a minority share of an NFL franchise. So could Tom Brady soon be a minority owner of the Washington Commanders? I think that's Um, an interesting wrinkle of this whole thing.
0: Well, that is uh, that is definitely (laughs) a spicy meatball that I haven't really considered. (laughs) But remember, even though we kind of poo pooed Rex Ryan, he did connect like. You know, you were just talking about the Peyton and Brady thing to Washington. So maybe even though Sean is not coming here, maybe like you said, Tom's next move is after filing officially uh, retirement paperwork, which I guess ends the speculation of him coming back, even though. I
2: I mean, you can still unretire, but yeah, I mean, right.
0: I mean, you It means he's serious, but, but.
2: And honestly, if he was going to buy a stake of a team, he would have to be a retired player. So. Exactly.
0: It's very possible that he joins a superstar ownership group. And remember, not that it uh, matters much, but he was once a draft pick of the Montreal Expos baseball organization who turned into a <laughs> Washington Nationals.
2: That's beautiful. I love that. I just going to say
0: um, real quickly, just a-, a final note. Peyton did talk glowingly about, his yeah. memories in Washington, uh, for the most part, he said, you know, it's a place that had a great tradition. My whole NFL career prior to New Orleans was in the NFC East. He started with the Eagles, went to the Giants, went to the Cowboys. He goes, that was a special place. It'll come back. Now, he did say basically his last time in with New Orleans, he noticed a lot of New Orleans fans. Again, nobody should be surprised by that, Uh, mm-hmm. but you almost heard kind of a little reverence, if you will, yeah. In Sean Payton's voice, when thinking about how special FedEx Field is, and I think we all understand that. That's kind of yeah. cool to see if we can find a way to tap into that.
2: I mean, look, I was an Art Monk fan growing up. You're know, Like again, our listeners, you know, those of you who've been around since, like when I joined the the show, I've I've explained this a lot. Like, I, I really don't have a favorite NFL team growing right. up. I just love football so i'm a fan of a lot of different people i wouldn't say you know teams per se but like a lot of different players really stood out to me during my nfl watching uh days i would not call it a career but our Art, Art monk was was one of my favorites while he was still suiting up i mean you know there's there's a lot of history in this organization sean referred to them as the you know the six pillars of the national football league back then said they had an uncle who loved washington so yes i mean you could tell like there was a lot of excitement in sean and i think that if, if the sale was going to go down quicker then it obviously has yet to go down that maybe this could have come to fruition. And it sounds like Sean was at least on board to have that conversation. But look, uh, this is a conversation for another day. Dan Snyder has zero urgency to do Washington any favors. The organization, the fans, the media, uh, he doesn't care if it costs him Sean Payton. And I would be willing uh, to bet, actually, if we had odds on FanDuel for this, I would actually be willing to bet that Dan Snyder hopes that the franchise suffers uh, Hmm. after he leaves because then he can look back and say, see, he was better off with me than it was without me because that's what non-leader egomaniacs do what mock drafters do chris is mock draft and it's time for mock draft monday with the commanders going back to familiar waters in a three-round mock from the great luke easterling coming up next on locked on commanders today's episode of locked on commanders is brought to you this show is sponsored by better help when you're at your best you can do great things just like art monk did when he was at his best, but sometimes life gets you bogged down and you may feel overwhelmed or like you're not showing up in the way that you want to Working with a therapist can help you get closer to the best version of yourself, because when you feel empowered, you are more prepared to take on everything that life throws at you. And if you're thinking of giving therapy a try, better help is a great option. It's convenient, flexible, affordable, and entirely online. You literally make your own schedule. If you want to be on camera, be on camera. If you don't want to be on camera, you don't have to be on camera. And you know what? If you don't like the therapist you get the first try, you can switch them with no questions asked. Don't like the second one. You can go for a third time, just like Sean and Tom did work. And you know what? And if it doesn't work for a third time, just like it did with them, you can continue trying and find your Denver Broncos like Sean Payton did and find your retirement beach like Tom Brady did. If you want to live a more empowered life, therapy can get you there. Visit betterhelp.com slash locked on today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H E L P.com slash locked on. This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast. And this episode is brought to you by Discover. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24 7 US based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service any time sounds like a real game changer if you ask us make the right call and get the service you deserve with discover limitations apply see terms at discover.com credit card
0: All right, everybody. Thanks again for making the Lock On Commanders podcast your first listen and view each and every day. Now, David, a recent three round mock draft from uh, Luke Easterling, uh, who's been around the draft community for a while uh, and always does a good job. As part of USA Today's Draft Wire. Uh, Has the Commanders taking three picks, as we've discussed over the last couple of weeks. Everybody has a little bit of a different spin on what priorities needs. But a lot of mock drafters, a lot of the experts, certainly picking corner at number 16 for the Commanders. And this uh, mock draft, no different. Luke Scott, at number 16, Penn State cornerback Joey Porter junior going. Now we've talked about Christian Gonzalez from Oregon. We've talked about obviously going offensive line here. Certainly this is a name that you've seen connected uh, to the commanders at 16. And I think this was an, I, I think this is a name that would, if you're going to not go offensive lineman at 16, that's a name that would get fans. I think hopeful optimistic and a little bit of, of a lather in the DMV area, a because they see a lot of Penn state and B because they know his dad.
2: Yeah, I mean, look, some schools they just they are some schools, some teams they just they like schools, they like specific schools, and they like going back to those schools. Uh, Washington has obviously had some a good deal of success with Ohio State. They've had a good deal of success uh, with the Alabama Crimson Tide, and, and now with with Penn State. You know what I mean? Tony came from there. I know he's not a star, but he's he's been uh, you know a contributor here and there. And then obviously Jahan Dotson, uh, looking like a very very smart first round draft pick. So. Going back to that well would make a lot of people happy, and a lot of people don't really know a lot about him. would probably say that's a good pick. Um, they like certainly like the position, certainly like the look. Right, he's He's, he's got some length to him, uh, some physicality. To be quite honest with you, Broderick Jones, uh, the offensive tackle out of Georgia, is still on the board. Uh, when Luke makes this pick, he ends up going to the Pittsburgh Steelers at 17. I would have gone there. I would have gone Broderick Jones uh, over, over Joey Porter Jr., and it's not a dig on Joey Porter Jr. Really, what it is is uh, Joey Porter Jr. is William Jackson. He's, he's a long physical press man cover corner. That's that's what he does best. He can work in the deep zone because he doesn't need to backpedal and read and react all at the same time. But if you put him anything in anything outside of press man or cloud coverage, you're you're going to run into problems with him as he stands right now. Now, could he develop? Absolutely. Every every guy can develop. Here's here's what I like about this potential pick if it were to come to fruition. And here's what I would lean on draft weekend if they actually go this direction. Tariq Castro Fields. Some of you may know the name, some of you may not. He's a Washington commander, guys. So if you, if you don't know the name, it's because he's a depth player. He's a backup cornerback, special teams player. Go back to Chicago, that, that muffed punt uh, that was recovered by the Washington commanders. Tariq Castro Fields was one of the guys down there, one of the gunners down there on that fumble recovery. did get the ball. I talked to him about that. He was very mad with himself that he didn't get the ball, but happy that his teammate got the ball and the, and the team won. So that's that's what's most important. But look, Here's the thing about Tariq Castro Fields comes from the same defense. He knows Joey Porter. So honestly, if I'm a scout or if I'm a GM and I'm looking at this kid, I'm talking to him. I'm talking to Jahan Dotson. How is he at practice? What's the level of competition? Like, Mm -hmm. right. I'm tapping into these resources, but here's the other thing I'm talking to. I'm talking to my, my position coaches. Chris Harris is gone, but they're still an assistant DB coach, still a defensive coordinator in the house. I'm talking to those guys. I'm saying, how did Tariq do learning our system compared to coming out of Penn state? Because if Tariq did well, then he shows you that, okay, maybe Penn State DBs can mold into what we need them to do. Even though he didn't get a lot of playing time, how did he learn what we're asking him to do? How did he show it on the practice field? That'll give you a hint into what Joey Porter Jr. would be able to do. And then if you get glowing recommendations from the scouts, from his teammates, from his coaches on his IQ and his ability, then okay, then you're then you're a little braver with it. So if they go this route, I'm going to assume they've done all that research and that's why they went this route but just me not being able to do all that research. I mean, I could text Tariq and ask him about Joey. I, you know, I, I can already tell you he loves Joey. Um, but without me having all that background information, I just get nervous that anything outside of press man and cloud coverage, you're going to run a risk uh, putting out there.
0: I think that's a really good explanation. And people often forget about, again, as we found out with William Jackson, the third, and there were certainly other things there just because you project a fit doesn't mean you can absolutely make a fit just because mm-hmm. You know, you can like certain things if others can't play a certain style of defense, and clearly they play much, much, much more uh, match zone and zone overall as opposed to man and press, and you know, some of the cloud coverage that you were talking about. Uh, you could get yourself in uh, trouble, but we'll leave that decision for the alleged experts at number 47 overall in the second round. Luke Easterling of USA Today's Draft Wire has. The commanders taking uh, Oklahoma offensive tackle, Anton Harrison. And David, I, great I would name. Just
2: say, A-plus say that, draft pick. Great name.
0: Well, I mean, he, he, again, you're partial to guys named Harrison for some Expert reason.
2: Expert analysis. I,
0: I can't figure out why. why. Why is it that you're partial to guys named Harrison like the kid from Ohio state
2: I'm not I'm not I'm not biased I'm just saying that's a great football name I, I, anything I, attached to that name football related has to be gold that's all okay I'm all right expert analysis I, a scout told me that once <laughs> I I think you're a little a little bit biased just a, <laughs> just a little
0: bit biased uh but Anton Harrison uh Listen, six five three between 310, 315. Um, our buddy Joe Marino of Locked On Bills, draft expert also uh for the draft network, uh wrote a, he opted out of the Cheese it bowl. Um, I would like a bowl of cheese hits right now. Uh needs a little bit better technique, footwork, functional strength, but a developmental tackle, athletic long frame, long arms. Uh, And somebody who might be able to develop into eventually your starting left tackle. Remember, Charles Leno right now uh, only has um, actually uh, Leno, I think, has has two years left on his deal, but he kind of struggled down the stretch. And you definitely have a void at right tackle uh, because Cornelius Lucas is there. But do you want him to be your backup swing guy that looks like they're going to move Cosby into right guard? Either way, you need a guy that maybe doesn't have to play week one, day one, but David can develop, and that seems to be a good spot for Harrison besides the name.
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Also, by the way, I was born in Oklahoma. He played in Oklahoma. I'm just saying it, it, it all works. Um, but you do lose points because anything involving Cheez-Its and bowls, you have to opt into that immediately. So you <laughs> might need to test the football IQ there. Um, ser- okay, seriously though. In this NFL in, in most NFL drafts, right? But in this NFL draft, more than ever, if you're taking alignment outside of the first round, you're drafting a developmental guy. There's mm-hmm. a couple of centers that some people might think you might be plug and play, even though they're day two prospects. And I and I, and I see that and never underestimate a guy's ability to come into training camp and surprise some folks and, and, and stand out. You know what I mean? But from a, from an evaluation standpoint, as it stands right now, pretty much everybody that's not a day one guy is a developmental guy. So you're going to have some issues with whether it be play strength, point of attack, uh, ability, agility, you know, the, the ability to get deep in, or anchor down uh, in sets during pass pro. And you're going to see that coming through a lot of these mock drafts that we're going to talk about. So. What I like that you said there is developmental, your future starting tackle, Charles, Charles Leno, like you mentioned, under contract through 2024, so maybe 2025 or maybe in the 2024 season is when he kind of makes his move to become the starter because I think that is the expectation that's ne- going to need to come in if you're taking a tackle to pick uh, number 47. So good stuff there from you, Chris. And then, of course, at 97, we have got uh, a guy whose name I'm going to butcher his entire career if he comes to Washington, and I'm going to do my best right now. Michigan offensive lineman, a Alus- loose. Al- I already messed it up. alusigan Aluwatimi 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 Alu- Just Alu- call Tomlin. him Double O. How about that? Alusigan, I, I need to get this right. We're going to call him Double O for right now. My apologies. We're going to get this right, but that is one of the most difficult ones I've I've come across. And I will tell you, we sat in the Locked On House in Mobile, Alabama, going over some of the names on the Senior Bowl right. rosters. Like, ju- like, trust me, we work on this up, guys. So it's not. From a lack of effort, but Chris, you got right. some interesting notes on double O.
0: Yeah, and, and it's a tough name to pronounce, even if you work on it. But what's cool about him, and I I mean I've we've all seen Michigan, and we all know they can run, and we all know they're physical, and we all know how good that offensive line is. So that's one thing you like now. He's also a local product from Hyattsville, Maryland, played high school football at DeMatha Catholic. I think I called one of his high school games actually in the playoffs a couple of years ago. He played and graduated from the University of Virginia, then transferred as a graduate transfer uh, to UMU. Like you said, you mentioned he was down at the 2023 uh, Senior Bowl. David, I think this would be Oh, look, depending on who else is available, like if if Weipler, you know, from or 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 John Michael Schmitz or whoever is still available, I think you go there. But if if you're looking at a center in the third round after you take your developmental tackle, I think double O might be a pretty good fit. Coming up, a fan time rated mock draft.
2: Olu, Olu Shagon, Olu ah, I messed it up again. It's Olu Shagon Aluatimi. Uh, we'll get it. We'll get it. We, right. we got you, man. We'll get it. I'm sorry. Uh,
0: double O. I'm just gonna go with Double O, man. Uh, it, it's just that. It's just that simple. A uh, fan generated mock draft. Actually, this mock draft coming up has a different name. A different name at center that PFF likes. That's next on the Locked On Commanders podcast. But first, guys, today's episode of LOC is sponsored by FanDuel Sportsbook. The midway point of the NBA season is here. That's right. The all-star game coming up this weekend. And now's the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Because new customers are going to get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. So either way, you're going to win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. Safe, secure, eat easy to use, and then you can get in on all the action player props, player points, rebounds, assists, some of these super teams that made big trades at the deadline, getting together like the Dallas Mavericks, how Kyrie and Luka Doncic are going to work in the fold together and much, much more. So don't miss a chance to get in on your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you get... And go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sports betting partner of the NBA.
1: Hi, I'm Jake from On. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state.
2: All right, guys. I don't know if Alusha Goon, Alua Timmy, I think I just nailed it. I think I just nailed it. Is going to be a member of the Washington Commanders roster. But if he is, we will know how to say his name by then. I promise you that. But what I do know is that we have another mock draft to go over, Chris, and this one has been submitted to us by Commander Fan. At least I'm assuming you're a Commander's Fan because Taylor Heineke is your uh, profile picture, AVI, or whatever they call him on Twitter. Um, and your handle, your Twitter handle, is at Bias Bezos. I, I want to love- change I- that to Bias Brady. And
0: I, it's from Peter. I, I love that handle. I gotta be.
2: <laughs> it's a good one.
0: I mean, it's a great one. It, it, it bias, is a good Bezos. one. Uh,
2: <laughs> and Peter, know. look, Peter has been busy on the mock draft machines. He sent, he sent us a few. Okay, okay but I think this well, is, if I remember correctly, this is the first one he sent. I mean, maybe that's he one can we're exp- going to go over.
0: Maybe he can expand his handle, like you said, to bias, Bra- Bezos, and and Brady. You know, maybe, and Jay Z. just
2: just talk it all into existence. There you go. Listen. Tom Brady is more personality than a lot of people I think realize you put Tom Brady, Jeff Bezos and Jay-Z together. You have right. a party. I mean that, that could be, that could be interesting. And I'll tell you, Chris, that draft coverage, it better be on point. If those three uh, are in charge of the organization, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Well, All right. Sure. We've got a seven round mock and I will, I will, you know, so we don't really go past three rounds right now when we do mock drafts just because compensatory picks aren't really settled right now. So we kind of, want to wait you know we've got a ballpark on that third rounder but i will give pff some credit they do have you know compensatory projections worked into theirs so if you're doing a seven round mock at least you're kind of getting that flavor of you know who might be available according Mm -hmm. to their big board which martin mayhew reminded us last year i promise you he'll remind us this year their big board does not necessarily match his big board or does it matter but it matters to us because we like it and it's entertaining so peter has uh in the first round 16th overall pick Another cornerback, not Joey Porter Jr., but he's got Christian Gonzalez out of Oregon going off the board here. PFF's number 14th overall, ranked overall player. Uh, PFF gives him an A-. Mm-hmm. Chris, Christian Gonzalez was not available when Luke Easterling sent right. Luke, uh, uh, Joey Porter Jr. to the Commanders. He had gone 10th overall. Correct. In this mock draft, he goes six spots later to Washington Commanders. What do you think about that?
0: So I think if you have the decision between Christian Gonzalez and Joey Porter Jr., I think most of the draft pundits and analysts and some of what you said makes a whole lot of sense about the selection of Joey Porter. I think you're probably probably going to choose Christian Gonzalez over Joey Porter Jr., right? Um, So maybe in this particular spot. Uh, you know, of course, he, that that pick, of course, makes the most amount of sense. And, again, I have to dig a little bit deeper uh, into the differences between the two. But, again, I, I like a lot of your points. So, uh, to me, again, I wouldn't have a major problem with this. Plus, two weeks ago when we started doing our Mock Draft Monday segments, I did pick Christian Gonzalez. Um out of my choice if I think, three or four is how we did it, uh, if memory serves me correct. So I can't say, well, this would be a terrible pick because, well, then I would be basically admitting that I made a terrible pick a couple of weeks ago. So <laughs> I'm on board with Christian Gonzalez. I'd still like an offensive tackle no. more than a corner, but I certainly understand the need and the fit.
2: Yeah, look to me if Christian Gonzalez is there at 16, you take him. He's he's a he's a great prospect. He can do he can cover in all the all the all the avenues you need him to. So whatever Jack Del Rio mm-hmm. needs to ask him to do, he he shows the physical tools to be able to do it. Now, whether or not you know the speed of the game catches up to him, that's a different thing. And something that I like as well that I, I don't know that a lot of people understand or pay close attention to. Um Christian Gonzalez is from Texas, played in high school in Texas, went to Colorado, right? So he left home, went to Colorado college football, did well enough there to uh to be able to transfer to oregon did obviously did really well in oregon so he comes from texas goes to colorado goes to the west coast so if you bring him to the east coast you're not worried about is this a kid who is going to get homesick or is this a kid who if he's not super close to his inner circle support structure he's just going to crumble because he's already shown you that not only can he go away from home and still be successful but he can go to multiple locations away from home and be successful so i like that about christian gonzalez as well, day two, we've got linebacker Jack Campbell out of Iowa going to pick number 47 and Steve Avila, the guard at a TCU. So, shout out to Samantha for Frita- Toshie. I can't say names today. Uh, Washington Commander's PR, she's a stud, she's a TCU alum, so she's gonna love seeing Steve Avila join the roster. But, Chris, do you love seeing Jack and Steve join the squad?
0: I mean, listen, if you gave me guard, linebacker, and corner in the first three rounds, which is what this projection by uh, Peter is is doing uh, again at by us, Bezos. Uh, I can't I, I can't really argue. And PFF gave it an A minus on Avila uh, at guard and Campbell. The grade there, as we see on the screen, is B plus. So I mean, you're filling needs. You're getting good talent. Uh, you're getting talent that is in the right range. And again, like you said um, mm. last year, Martin Mayhew and Ron Rivera picked guys that were way ahead of where PFF and other mocks and ranking systems have. So sometimes you're going to see different grades, different people, different fits. But again, if we're talking corner, linebacker, and guard, it's hard to argue. It's hard. You can make an argument offensive tackle over guard, fine. You can make an argument center over guard, fine. But it's hard to argue that these aren't three of the top needs for the Washington Commanders.
2: No, absolutely. Absolutely. And as long as you're looking at Steve Avila, again, as a developmental guy, probably coming in uh, to be a backup, look, could he surprise and, and and come in and take over starting job? Absolutely. But I think the plan when you're taking him in the third round has to be to develop him. Jack Campbell, I got to be honest with you guys, watch him in the scouting combine, go back and watch Iowa games on your own and, and tell me if you think I'm wrong. Doesn't look rangy enough to me. Doesn't look athletic enough to me to play linebacker the way that Jack Del Rio looks to want his linebackers to be able to play. That's my personal opinion. Uh, so by all means, if you have a different one, bring it to me. I do not claim to be uh, the end-all be-all by any means. Day three, round four, we got center Joe Tipman out of Wisconsin joining the squad. Peyton Wilson, another linebacker uh, out of North Carolina State. Nick Broker, guard out of Ole Miss. Uh, Service Dennis, um, or, uh, which uh, it's, it's Servasie Dennis. I got to remember that. It's It sounds like Cavassier Servassier Dennis out of Pittsburgh, the linebacker who got made famous by uh, Tajay Spears. And uh, round seven, tight end Marshawn Ford out of Louisville. Chris, do you have a favorite in that group?
0: Um, I would probably say for me, and maybe this is just my perception more than anything, Tipman out of Wisconsin, you know one thing, right? If you go to Wisconsin, you know how to run block. And if you're the center, you're a cerebral assassin type player who can run block, especially if you played at Wisconsin. So Tipman to me, And as you see, PFF likes it as well. Um, I'm trying not to overreact. Again, that would seem to be kind of a sweet spot. And again, what you're not getting here right now is a tackle and a developmental tackle. So I don't know if I see it like this. But remember, last year, David, Mm -hmm. they didn't take a linebacker. Even though everybody thought they needed a linebacker, they did not take a linebacker. So sometimes, even though there's an obvious need or a pressing need, these teams, for whatever reason, are not going to always fill every need that they have. So this one doesn't address the tackle need with a guard, two guards and a center. But ultimately, overall, we've seen this play out as in again last year with the Commanders.
2: Yeah, I mean, you're 100% right. Wisconsin's one of those places. If you want to go draft an offensive lineman, you know you're at least going to get a fighter. Like this dude, if he doesn't make it in the National Football League, it's going to be for something other than his willingness uh, to fight. And that's just kind of Wisconsin. That's just kind of their MO uh, in general. My favorite pick on this day three out of this day three group, obviously, is Nick Broker, the Ole Miss offensive lineman. Uh, played left guard, played right guard at Ole Miss, or not at Ole Miss, but in the Senior Bowl. Uh, may have also done an Ole Miss, to be honest with you, but that's where I got my first uh, exposure to him. Looks the part. Very physical guy, very effort-driven guy. Did, really didn't see him take a rep off at all, or you know, even when like the play is going away from him, he's always looking to be busy, looking to engage uh, uh, somebody during during uh, practice, and usually that translates to the game as well. And I think he's a guy that if you can build that strength again, we talk about development alignment day three. You're looking at guys who don't have all the polish. That's why they're day three correct guys. But if Nick Broker can get NFL strength along with what he already has, and don't lose some of that agility and athleticism mm-hmm. that he also has in the process. He could certainly become a contributor, maybe even become a starting interior offensive lineman. I would be surprised if he lasts to round six. I think he's more of a round five guy um, that you look to develop into a potential contributor down the line. But that's so he's my favorite day three. So obviously, overall, um, you know, I think I think a good class. You know, you're taking a flyer on seventh round tight end. We could sit here and bag on Marshawn Ford if we really wanted to, but he's a seventh round pick. Why bag on a seventh round pick? Uh, PFL gives it an A minus overall. I think Peter. Uh, other than the fact that you need to change your your Twitter handle. Um, I think you did a really good job here.
0: <laughs> and it's not because we don't like the Twitter handle. It's just we want you to add more uh, to it. And who wouldn't want Tommy Brady uh, to be a part of the ownership group? Maybe we will see that. Who knows? Maybe we're getting ahead uh, of ourselves. But thank you, Peter. Appreciate it. if you guys want to contribute uh for our mock draft mondays and maybe even in between now that it's officially 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 the offseason we'll have some more time throughout the week to do them as well but we want to thank you guys for making the locked on commanders podcast your first listen and view of the day if you want to hop in again it's locked on washington commanders at gmail.com or you can dm us at lo commanders that's lo commanders on twitter We will be back. I'm going to take some time off uh, to go visit uh, family down in Florida. So David is going to uh, carry you the bulk load of the way. So I appreciate uh, very much um, him going solo and allowing me some time to Uh, check in on some of my family out of state. I'll try and check in as soon as I possibly can. So uh, be good to him. Make sure you support him, help him out, watch, download, subscribe, all of that good stuff. And as always, we thank you for joining us right here on the Locked On Commanders podcast.